there's been four Russian developer briefings that we've just kind of skipped over over the last couple episodes. So we're going to go ahead and catch up on that. The spring seasonal is canceled to the shock. Uh, maybe not the shock of a lot of the competitive players. But meanwhile, you have the Greyhound Cup finishing strong. Speaking of the Greyhound Cup, we've got a clan spotlight on the 116th known as the Greyhounds. One of their leaders is joining us to talk about the cup and to get to know more about the guys that organized that, the 116th. And talking about new members on the show, we are bringing in Johnny Gunner for a one of many series, actually looking at some of the historical aspects of this game. This and much more on episode 11 of Hell, Let's Talk. And we are here, episode 11, Digi. Back What's as going always. on, my guy? It is. It, it, this is our, uh, we, we always, we have the same running jokes, you know, for every start of the show, but I like them. I like consistency. It's our excuse to drink on uh, um, Sunday afternoon and specifically Mother's Day. So, uh, yeah, I think to all your hard moms out there, to the moms, cheers to the moms. Cheers, cheers indeed. Took a, lot, so, took a lot to put this together, that's for sure. <laughs> I think mine's still a work in progress. You know that. So, uh, Digi, I kind of talked about it at the top of the show. Uh, what do we got coming up on today's show? A lot of exciting guests, a, lo- a lot of exciting content. I mean, we're taking it, uh, some history from Johnny Gunner, which I can't wait. That guy's full personality, big character. Um, he's going to break down a little bit of history for us. Um, then we also have the 116th, as you were saying, um, who are playing in the Greyhound Cup and be able to kind of give a clan spotlight. Uh, these guys are been around for a bit and like to give them the, the shine they deserve. So yep. I, I'm looking forward to a great show. Indeed, indeed. Uh, so let's go ahead and talk about, as we normally do, uh, some of the news on the front end. Uh, talk about what happened in the past. Last episode, we had Sam uh, Taylor uh, and all the gaming nodes of Digi Shadow and Inchon bringing in real name Sam Taylor. Uh, we talked about the fundraiser we we're going to do for him, the combat for Curry, and uh, since the show, we were able to raise $750, which uh, was really, really awesome for that. Uh, they're approaching that 15000 total mark on it. Um, it I know, Digi, you, we had the Pro Bowl that got executed. Mm-hmm. Uh, it did. It got executed to the best of some abilities, <laughs> but I think we had a lot of fun with it, and it was, uh, it was a really good turnout with the best of the best um, and the seating structure. Um, we even got one of the devs in there. Uh, yep. I believe it was from the, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was did. good. With the other dev uh, apologized to me later. So if you guys are wondering where was Spono, he did real, you know, lost track of time, didn't know what day, things of that nature. Um, he did apologize for that. Uh, definitely some lessons learned. I think mm-hmm. that we can take forward into the next one. Uh, it was tried- a good insight. It was good insight into like what can you do for shorter gameplay time periods. You know, it was running yep. those thirty minute cycles. So start to learn yeah. some things there. Indeed. What was successful, and speaking of uh, Johnny Gutter that was a part of, we had the 24-hour stream flawlessly yeah, oh executed yeah. between all the different streamers. Uh, it was really great to see that. Uh, I appreciate Nether, uh, if I pronounce that correctly, uh, getting out that great promotional video. Get some excited video. For yeah, so it, it, I, I, I love this community, and I love seeing the community do such great things like this. Uh, it did come on the tail end right of the 7th Cav uh, fundraiser, 
So there was a little bit more fruit left on that donation tree, which I'm glad we were able to go to a good cause. Um, but thank you, all the listeners. If you haven't donated and you just didn't realize that it was an option and now you get on this, that donation link will be in the show notes. Like I said, we're trying to make that final push to $15,000 uh, before Memorial Day. Speaking of Memorial Day, that's when we'll be on the cleanup. I will actually be down there at Curry. Plan to bring up some videos, bring up some pictures, show the experience about the before and after and how we got to that. So uh, mm-hmm. excited for that. But, Stand by. Uh, we'll have updates. Indeed. Uh, but as we said, there's the big news is a lot of the uh, Russian content coming to us. Right? Uh, to the east. Here we come. Like uh, it's it's dropping it. And we've had four recent dev briefs uh, that break down what's coming and what's exciting. Uh, what's going to be a part of this eastern front. Uh, you've got. Ooh, well, we got four. Yeah. Yeah, um, we had, what, what, what's the first one? It started at 122. What was Dev Brief 122 over we here? Had, we had to put this in the show notes to make sure. Yes, we've neglected these because I feel like there wasn't enough meat on the bones to talk about these individually. Mm-hmm. So we kind of wrapped them into one. Uh, 122 came out with a PPSH-41. Uh, I'm sure maybe we can ask Johnny to give us a little bit more uh, history behind it. They came about with a Dev Brief. And in fact, a lot of these, they talked about the historical impact of these and then how they're bringing it into the game. For this show, more looking at the um, how they're bringing in PPS 41 is going to be coming in two variants, a 35 uh, clip and then a 41 or sorry, a 71 71, mag. baby. That's that's the big gun. Uh, that's going to be I, I just can't wait to see what recoil <laughs> the little gun's going to have at 71 bullets coming out, you know, within the minute. So it, it, it's going to be a lot of fun. I, I love that game and a lot of other games. That gun in other games is just one of my favorites. So we really see how that plays out. Yeah. And and now it would be interesting is it's one more automatic added to the game. So, okay, eh. but you're bringing a whole new, you know, new line of soldiers. You know, it's the Russians. So the Russians have their own weapons. It wasn't really copycats. But uh, I really think like that will be in its own subclass of the submachine gun. Um, (laughs) MP40 versus uh, PPSH. um, That'll be the question, I think, coming forward. Do you think it's going to be the MP40? I was going to say, I think this may be the more equivalent to like the STG or BAR. I, I, I was going to say, we'll, we'll see the way it's implemented. Either way, it was interesting that you're going to have uh, one weapon with two magazine sides, which we don't mm-hmm. see on anything else. I thought that was an interesting little uh, variation on that. And, and you think that'll probably be under some sort of class lock, you know, like three to five or who knows, but it'd yeah. be interesting. But it's so kind of, you know, they, they talked about like if it is a class lock, you want. You just don't want the updated one to be better than the previous that where, hey, you never mm-hmm. go back to class three. And they talked about, hey, there's going to be some trade offs, you know, accuracy, reloading time. So I, I think if they do that well, that could be uh, a really uh, good implementation to play to individual play styles, things of that nature. But that was Dev Brief 122, some interesting mechanics coming around with the implementation of that weapon. Uh, 123 to me, I think is one, probably one of the best, biggest ones. And we'll talk about this later in the show because it's going to be talking about a new map. And this is something we haven't truly gotten a new map, uh, in a long time. <laughs> so, uh, you know, they, they're good. They confirmed it's going to be Kursk. Uh, we'll go ahead and actually put up a, a little bit of the images here. Uh, this is going to be flipping through all the p- pictures of the, uh, dev briefs that we have coming up, some of the weapons, some of the images. But it's going to be cursed. It's going to be this kind of flyer right there. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Igor. I, yeah, I actually I'm looking forward. Do they have uh, character names yet? I, I don't. I'm not quite so sure. It's going to be names. the, the Mendez of the Russians. Uh, 
characterless. <laughs> but uh, Kursk is going to be this kind of rolling hills, grassland, flat map. It, it, you're not getting your hill for 100 elevation change. You're, I jump four feet and have to use a bandage type of thing, which is I think is good. Looking at some of these images, it does seem to be a good amount of variety between some wooded areas and some open areas. It's still going to be heavily on a tank, uh, I think, a base map. Not to maybe the level quite foy when looking at these images. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, we're, we're seeing Curse confirmed. I think they've teased enough of Stalingrad. Um, we'll kind of talk about this later. I, I really, I think they need at least to introduce three maps with Update 10 and the Russians. Uh, I think that's, that's, that's a good sweet spot. Um, if it's just one or two, if it's one, I think it's, it's going to be kind of uh, hollow. Yeah, um, you'll you'll just see servers popping up like 24 seven Russian front. Yeah. But, but it, it'll burn itself a little faster. Um, yeah. I definitely agree. I, I, I look forward to seeing what texture packs they're bringing in with these new terrains and environments. And like maybe does that translate back into some of the original map map folders? Who knows? I mean, I think a lot of components got added into this and I, I'm eager to try it out. I think it'll be a lot of fun. And, yeah. you know, that that turret on the <laughs> on the T tanks, that uh, hexagonal uh, look to it. Uh, just I mean, let's see how that bounces. It's <laughs> so, well, all good things to come. When looking when looking at these images, too, uh, I don't see any barbed wire. So I think to a lot of people, it's yeah. you know, I'm, I'm, uh, so that, that'll be good. But uh, that was the two that kind of, you know, 121, 123. They went right into 124. Did you want to kind of show us? Or yeah, about and 124? that 124 brings in the Soviet T-34 tank. And uh, this is really going to be the staple or kind of like this is the tank for the Russians on that uh, that front. And especially playing on Curse, you're probably going to see a lot of them um, in mass. And it'll be really interesting to see the tank battles that come out of this, you know, how's the dynamics that work out of the T-34. Um, and then we'll just kind of see what the expansions into the other tanks of the Russians. But uh, yeah, it'll be also in the debris 124, which is, yeah, introduced this tank. It also kind of gave the incense of a Panzer four is coming, which they've well talked about as, before. So this mm -hmm. is, I think the second or third time we've heard a Panzer four mentioned. Mm -hmm. And then it reiterated the M3 and M4 tanks. So you're going to see these medium tanks become more of the norm as opposed to the 76s that just run rampant on maps, the Tigers, everything. So you'll see that gradual tone down as the more mass produced tanks kind of become the norm um, for tank gameplay. So not to say you're going to outright not see a Tiger in a game, but it, you might just be fewer and far between, you know, those yeah. heavy, heavy tanks. So and I think that was really good. It was yeah. really I think it was happy to see that they're toning it back down to like the middle ground and <laughs> This is all in the effect of like, well, that seems a little bit more sensible. Yeah, to me, a, t a tiger should be something you see infrequently in the game, and it truly mm -hmm. strikes t you know fear. Not like, oh, look at that. That's three tigers. And we're oh, there's three tigers on the one hedge line. Yeah, <laughs> like, oh, there, this is saw that. <laughs> you know, well, and and like for me, the the, the tanks. I I, I think uh, we were talking a little bit yesterday when I was trying to get these show notes written up with the rest of the guys in Discord, um, but. Uh, tankers, I am honestly surprised how patient tankers have been uh, through this environment. Uh, oh, with, boy. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was going to say, they talked a little bit, they touched on some armor things. Mm -hmm. It was more kind of like, we're working, we're working, you know. Hey, honey, I'll take out the trash. Just give me a minute, give me a minute, give me a minute. We'll get work on those armor uh, updates. Give me a minute, give me a minute. For mm -hmm. me, I, I, they didn't mention the Stug in this update. The Stug yeah. life for me. What's that? What's that it's meme? Life for me. What's that meme where like the glasses come down, like the eight bit glasses? You know, 
once a stug comes out, I don't know if I'm going to be squabbling. It's going to be stug life. That's all. That's it's. I'm going to completely dedicate an episode to that. But, and uh, be the tank killer. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, it's so, a beautiful tank. I mean, I, I like what the machineries they're bringing in here and the art styles that are coming with it. You know, in these recent photos of the T-34s, like I mean, it just looks yeah. stunning. Um, all the detail work they put into all the armor. So yeah, stug will be coming. It, yeah. Can't so, wait to see what <laughs> that happens. One twenty six. 126 uh yeah uh kept with the russian theme on that uh and it brought in the sidearms for the russians so you've got the old classic revolver and then the tts um the tt33 being you know one of the more common ones but i'm always been a revolver fan I, you know i think you know we watched that you're able to watch the animations of the the, the revolver firing this is the 1895 nagat um Boom, boom, boom. You feel like Dirty Harry when you see these kinds of things come into the gameplay. And uh, I'm all a big fan of revolvers and their use, um, especially in the historic historical accuracy. Like they're dependable. They're very dependable and they've been around forever. Um, so that was really what the dub brief 126 was bringing in was those sidearms. And then also kind of gave the, um, you know, hey, how's everybody feeling about this uh, Russian engagement? Because this was one of the last ones that they gave us. In fact, this came out May 7th, uh, the one dev brief 126. So it's kind of like, hey, stay amped because the Russians are coming. Winter yeah. is coming after summer, but <laughs> hopefully we'll get update 10 well before then. So, yeah, Agreed. it's what, what do you think the main focus is going to be once update 10 really drops? Like what changes well, they might really have to key in on after the Russians come in? And I, I think this is it, being a developer in this game is hard, especially we talked earlier about, you know, different populations. Um, I think for me. The new content is good, but weapons, tanks, things of that nature, um, it's it's not as exciting for me as much as it is a new map or, mm -hmm. um, you know, kind of tweaking a little bit more about the the meta game. And you talk about the meta, 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 and, then, you know, there's a you could do a whole episode on what is just the meta um, or what definition of meta. But, you know, doing some of these kind of more underlining themes of uh, what's kind of you know this episode's called the highs and lows because if you if you talk to different people in the community you hear a lot of different feedback about hey this is you know i'm having a great time this community is great this game game is awesome and then a lot of frustrations i think episode or update 10 with the final release it we actually get to figure out what game we have because right now mm -hmm. we have it, it, it's jello it's not solidified in my opinion so uh jello before the fridge yes yeah, yeah jello before the fridge you know it's kind of like, kind of it's, it's a little it's, bit of a liquid sloshing around i mean there's some really good components in there but i think until they fine-tune it and get that like solidification of what they're trying to go after i totally I'm, I'm with you on that and there's a lot that's coming there's a lot that's going so just well, kind and of and a part of me Part of me wonders if the developers like they've created this uh, tempo of weekly dev briefs to mm -hmm. where if they don't put something out, I think the community is just going to have this huge reaction to it. Like They're trying to hide. They've kind of pinned themselves in a the corner, so they have to feed something. They got to put some food on the plate for us to consume, which I don't right. mind because. It allows us to have a talk show. <laughs> <laughs> we get enough to nibble on, that's for sure. I don't think exactly. there's any shortcomings there. So, but yeah, um, well, I mean, what's your patch 15? So, I mean, that was that was the latest thing that uh, kind of yeah. dropped once after nine hit. 
Um, what's your really your your thoughts about that? Like, do you think it really had a big impact when update nine came? We we're all in shock. And then do you think 15 smoothed the things out? Well, you know, because about it. Yeah, that's because the patch after an update, you know, they, you had those two little quick patches. And this really was the post update nine patch. So I think mm-hmm. at this point we can kind of say what's the overall thoughts of uh, update nine before that. What was changed? Uh, you had that UI cleanup. Which oh my I gosh! Think, uh, oh. Yeah, I, I think Ooh, that, was, that was big. Yeah, and the green ones. And actually, I'm going to flip on this. I, I did not realize how much I was going to enjoy this, but knowing what garrisons you built are green, uh, this was a game over here on Saint Marie Dumont, where I was at the end able to realize that I built seven of eight garrisons on this team <laughs> and you're just like guys i feel like i'm the only one doing this uh, thank you thank you but you yeah know, and I, and you can yeah take the photo evidence to prove it it does yeah. it, it is a feel good when you're like holy shit all my all the garrisons that are up right now are mine yep. <laughs> you know yeah. it, it, it's it, i think it's a good reinforcing it's a very incentivized like oh wow you know i am contributing this much Guys, we all got to work together here. We, it can't just be all seven green garrisons, <laughs> you know, yeah. but I, I think that was a really good update change. And, you know, like the UI, it was clunky, this clunky when it came out on update nine. So this patch 15 definitely smoothed a lot of that over, like being able yeah. to see other people's spawns like OPs. Like I can't spawn there. Why am I need to see that? You know, like, yeah, that whole gone. list was just crazy. And granted, the UI change, I think most of us has come accustomed to it. Yes, it was a change. OK, it's a real orientated a few things. And we've gotten used to it. So I think that was a good little polish on that. But Mm -hmm. there was also something in here that kind of like just kind of read between the lines that I wanted to highlight. It said under a fix that hedgerows, no uh, hedgerows have no collision with rockets and tank shells fixed, which means now tanks can't shoot through hedges and rockets can't go through hedges. Come on. Come on. Is yeah. So the question is that is that did that patch this little that one little line was that a fix or a nerf? And I'm gonna go ahead and give credit here to Wild Bill Jamming. Uh, what, mm-hmm. you know, we've had him on the show. He took a little break for his videos. He pointed that out, and I think rightfully so. Took a little bit of credit, saying, "Yeah, we kind of showed it where you could shoot a rocket 300 meters across hedges and take out a garrison on the other but side." But you were only as good as your information given, and that's I think teamwork. one of the biggest things. Exactly, teamwork. If you know exactly where their garrison is and you got that tank perched up on a hill, he can't see it, and you get a ping on it. I think it's a it's a nerf, and yeah. I will stand by that sense that taking that advantage away. It's just like yeah, I mean, why why do artillery shells not blow up garrisons anymore? because they're predictable bill bill nailed every point in his video and again big shout out to wild bill jamming keep doing with you brother because what you got it's good that is really good criticisms and critiques um and i i think that's on the point you know why take that that away from you know good team play it should just be another element of the you know advanced tactic (laughs) you know don't nerf it to being so disadvantaged uh you know like again it's it's just good teamwork Yep. So up, what up with the patch didn't give to us was there's no grass changes, which I think mm-hmm. was one of the biggest ones. They talked a, bit, mm-hmm. a little bit about the uh, AA anti-aisling and things of that nature. I know when I first uploaded the patch, I had to go in and put back onto the community seven settings because yep. it was looking uh, more than usual a drunken view <laughs> like, <laughs> of my screen. And I'm like, man, I, I don't think I'm in there. Yeah, so so that, that kind of you know, there was some graphic changes, but not nearly to the level of bring back what was pre-update nine so 
as I look at this now, we're what a month into update nine. We've got probably the patch that would correct anything in update nine. My take on update nine is that it did move the game forward. Um, if you don't have performance issues, I think for people that are mm-hmm. having performance issues, there's just nothing that can overcome that it's like moving forward up a hill (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) yeah uh you know there was uh, when we kind of we did the episode about update nine i think there was a lot of things under the hood that uh got corrected with the ini files locking to improve the integrity of the game uh but there you know there wasn't any new content there was like update nine will i think be remembered as meh and just grass like it's not gonna be remembered as a good update but i will say that it feels that public games have become more fun in update nine with the red zone garrisons with melee like yeah i'm having more fun in public games with update nine than i was in update eight and i 100 percent agree with you i think there's more back and forth which is just like again it speaks to the levels of the skill and you know on side on side still getting your steamrolled still getting steamrolled still but you can have i've seen more diversity in the games that like i'll go back and forth and it's just like poor team management you're like what the hell were they thinking and they've got all these bunkers up and uh, it's like you know they built everything but they they abandoned it and we just sweep through (laughs) you know it still happens but pub matches have been a lot more fun i agree with you um as of late um i think yeah just adding that melee i mean i'm I had one three kill run with uh, the shovel the other night. And Did you, were, you, were you streaming? Were you streaming? I was not. I was not streaming. So Did you can't happen? say like Did again. It, I, it was it put a big smile on my face. So again, <laughs> those little elements are, are are very engaging in the game and they can happen. There's there's a lot of good uh, moments that happen, you know, and yeah. even just tanking is tanking is like, you know, it's not been terrible uh, from the perspective. But again, I don't tank as a main. So when I get out there and I'm somehow top combat, I'm having a good time. So indeed. indeed. So I think, like I said, update nine, <laughs> it is what it is. But for a certain part of the community, it just hasn't been enough. And let's talk that com- that part of the community referring to the competitive scene, specifically the high end competitive scene. The Probably the biggest news that came out since last show wasn't anything the developers did. It was that the spring seasonal. Uh, put on by Heidegger, the some of the uh, most well-known communities, some of the top performing communities, has been canceled. Did he? Mm-hmm. What was the some yeah. of the reasons he cited? May fourth, man, that that hit, and then it was just it was a somber tone. I mean, when you were reading through that text in the in the seasonal Discord, and you're like, you knew it had to be done, and I think it was a really hard decision to make. Um, but you know, some of the things he was given, it was just it's things have been extremely dissatisfying from the competitive professional, the communities and clans uh, take on a lot of things. It's just it's been mashed to a pulp and it's just ah, it feels Bernie like you're just you're, you're just like done with a lot of elements to that. And it was very stale, predictable meta. I mean, go with the middle point. Eighty eight percent of uh, <laughs> games are won by those who hold the middle point first. That's how you win. Yeah, that's, you know, in the competitive scene, when you know what you got to do, it's that opening moment. And it's basically where the hell, you know, that middle point is either you get fucked or you do the fucking because uh, town outskirts. Yeah, you can totally uh, WN. What is it? The one up top, you know, it's WN four. Is that four? Four. Yeah. uh, yeah, The very top on uh, four uh, and seven, if I remember correctly. All that barbed wire. Yeah. Like, again, depending on map placement for the mid, it really was almost a deciding factor in a lot of those competitive matches. Um, 
It's just really like the gameplay and a number of reasons have been described time and time again, have been repeated and repeated and repeated and repeated and nothing really. It's just like, eh, you know, that's the that's the meta. Um, and really just became that poor performance thing that you were keying in earlier. A lot of people that had the high end um, uh, software and hardware, you know, or sorry, the hardware fine. But on the lower end, just tank you. And it's just not the same game that it was previously. And um really just caused a lot of lack of interest in some of the major teams um training camp we pulled out um other teams they just it was just a burnout it became a burnout and unfortunately yeah spring seasonal is held out for indefinitely at this time but we'll get more information um but yeah that's now, there's, really there's one thing that Heidi, uh, yeah there's one thing that heidi stated on there that i think uh kind of truly kind of struck a tone uh, mm-hmm. For these reasons, the ones that you mentioned over there before, I do not feel like supporting the game by providing a competitive environment to it. And mm-hmm. let's let's be let's let's kind of take this back a little bit. Is this is the seasonals, the winter, the spring, the summer, whatever seasonals? Mm-hmm. This is the top communities. They have moved through the learning curve of competitive play. They have moved to the uh, through the meta you know knowledge changes. They've optimized. They've created maximum efficiency, and they've reached that top the top of the mountain of what this game has. And I think when you mm-hmm. get up there, you realize that it's not as deep or not as complex as you thought it was when you were on your journey to get there. There it, is it's, still, it's a very steep learning curve, but once you're up top, it plateaus. And yeah. that's exactly that point. I mean, the veteran players, it's like, Oh, this is what I got to do. Well, and it's not just like the veterans. I'm, I'm going to kind of say here, like the top three or four, community uh that mm-hmm. have performed well wth exodus i'll throw in the training camp in there where the perennial thirds <laughs> always, yeah, yeah, okay. third. <laughs> always the bridesmaid never the bride uh, <laughs> but uh you know it, there there's just there's not any more hunger and desire anything for it and mm-hmm. i go back to that they're really the developers haven't given us a new map and there's this uh, you know anything new to chew on on our plate so we're applying the same meta, the same strategies over and over and over again, and it's become repetitive. And what we're identifying is that, like I said, that middle point preference is just too much to overcome because there's three things that need to happen if you don't have that middle point advantage. One, the other team needs to make a mistake. Two, mm-hmm. you need to identify that the other team has been made a mistake, which isn't always done. And then three, you need to be able to react on it. and. Mm-hmm. T- Top level teams don't make mistakes because they, they or if they do, they fix it really quickly with the uh, lops. Like, again, you hold middle. Yeah. OK, we, we got a hole up top and you can see I'm starting to run it. it. It takes how long to get across the grid? It's like 45 seconds or it's not slower now. But again, it's easy to see where your your holes are um, on that grand level of thinking with a competitive team because everybody's talking. It's not a pub match where, exactly. like, you know, that squad leader up there, he didn't say shit. And all of a sudden he's pushed back and now you're losing the point. That doesn't happen in a competitive match. That's, you know, that's that big, big thinking. But there's just no you can't put enough pressure offensively to conquer the mass uh, spawn of a garrison on defense. And it just well, plugs it up and it's done. And here's a question I, I think we you know, kind of challenge. And this is a thought for me. And I'm just not making a bold, you know, a bold statement here. Old statement. Bold statement. Do you think that mm-hmm. if we were back at update five? Update four, you know, these golden years, as people say, pre-update seven. The golden years. Oh, boy. Yeah. The golden months, those, you know, whatever. You know, the competitive scene was just at its, you know, infancy. 
uh, it was maybe some organized scrims between some. You had the uh, Team Dicks, uh, you know, previously now known as MPA versus the uh, Training Camp Spectacular. Like it was organized play, not to say competitive play. Mm-hmm. Everybody was still learning. I think even if you kept the game at the same point right then and did none of these other changes since seven, eight, nine, I think you would have still wound up at the same point you're at right now. The game is not meant, the game that we play is meant to be a public game and there's not the tools to make a competitive game currently available to the community or we haven't found the right structure to interact with this game to make it competitive. I think the 7th Cav, what they did with their ISAP tournament of having 45-minute matches, flipping it, we tried a couple things out in the Pro Bowl. I think there's some more experimentation done if we want to use this product for competitive play. Mm-hmm. As opposed it, to just saying, change your product. Right, you know? right. And it's, this all comes from a place of love. Like, the game's good. But it does. We, it, it, it just tweaked. You know, a little bit here uh, in, in that effect. And we're, we're everybody's smiling. You know, there's a lot of good moments to still be had. The sky isn't falling and we do <laughs> expect some changes and, you know, to come. But over that time, there'll be a reduction in activity of those veteran players. And oh, it just doesn't give the wrong message. You know, like I, I, I like I see it on Reddit and it's like, you, you know, everybody puts up a post like use your damn mics on Reddit. I'm like, you're preaching to the choir, buddy. Like everybody that's typically here, they're already doing that. Or, you know, Bill Garrison's and yeah, you yeah, know, well, you catch the the new guys that want to go further with it. There's still some good eggs out there that, you know, pick up the game and want to do some research externally instead of just diving right in, you know, bang, bang, bang. Well, you're going to get that, but you're not going to continue to pull these people that always do the same tasks and. Exactly. Um, There's got to be some variety. But here's here's what's interesting about the competitive mm -hmm. scene, as I see it right now, is the the competitive scene is actually growing. And we're going to talk about this when we bring in the Greyhound Cup. Mm -hmm. There is more and more teams getting into competitive. I'm going to say competitive slash organized, you know, looking to do more of these organized battles, get into a competitive format, get into some kind of ranking elimination type deal. And in fact, why we've been talking about this on the winter seasonal, there's actually been a big push. Uh, going on by STDB, Pi, a lot of the European communities that are involved in the Greyhound Cup to actually get ESL involved into a ladder type of system. So mm-hmm. you know, one thing, you know, you have these people at the top of the learning curve feeling very like an inequitable relationship. We've put all this time in, we've put all these feedbacks in. We're not we're not seeing the return by the developers. Meanwhile, you have a different part of the community at a um, different phase of the learning curve excited mm-hmm. about this looking to consume more looking to expand it so it, it, it's really interesting these two t- types of dynamics so where when i was thinking about the show and what we're going to do i couldn't just say the sky is falling like you said did you the sky is not falling there mm-hmm. is distinct populations both public players and community players and even within the community players or competitive players distinct populations with those that it, it's just there's there's it's what is it? Crusader Kings, you know, where you get like a fraction, you split up all your kingdoms, you know, it's 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 interesting. So highs and lows, the roller coaster in the background. Exactly. <laughs> as as our subtitle is, it's the highs and lows of the game and in, uh, in a development stage. So, again, things will be changing. Um, but I mean, a lot of sense, like, again, the player base has been pretty stable, but a lot of people are getting their covid secondary shots. Um, I'm myself Moderna. Going camping. Go Moderna. Yeah. <laughs> we're not we're not going into that i heard but, about you uh, pfizer the, guys <laughs> <laughs> spring weather's here i mean enjoy your time outside and you know come grab the occasional round because like i said the pub match has been great um there's an emerging competitive scene there's a lot of teams getting into it as you said 
the game's not going to go away overnight because you take a holiday. So get out there, get some get some sunshine, enjoy some fresh air um, and the game will continue to move on. One so. one data point before we leave this. Mm-hmm. So uh, the free player weekend that we had, this was the first time of the three, the three free player weekends. That's a little tongue twister hmm. that the average player count actually went up after the free player weekend. So interesting little data point on there. Take away what, what you see. We'll see how some more data comes in. But we talked about the breath. We talked about these different communities involved. Let's go ahead and bring in the premier we talked you know tempest uh from 116th uh, uh one of the premier european communities that's putting a lot of energy behind the scene tempest is one of four leaders he wanted to make sure i highlighted that he is not the leader <laughs> of 116 high, high okay uh of there but uh he was nominated uh for speaking the best english <laughs> <laughs> and, and, yes, uh, and Tempest, you know that we have horrible, horrible uh, German, so we don't, we don't even try. Yeah, I just say one sixteen. I'm not gonna try the. Uh, <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm just gonna t- live up to the expectations. Yeah, uh, and we'll see uh, whether it will work. Or, <laughs> so, uh, it well, might you know, won't, but I'm, I'm confident it will. Well, and it's hmm. funny because a lot of the people we talk to, like to bring them on the show, they're like, "Oh, my English isn't that good." And then before you know it, you have grim guys just going, you know, having great debates, great conversation. Mosca, we're dr- talking drinking stories back and forth, and we got later on in the show. Uh, but Tempest, before we dive into the one sixteenth, let's actually talk about the Greyhound Cup because why we talked about the low of the spring seasonal, the Greyhound Cup is actually at a high right now. Mm-hmm. Um, as we get into the uh, playoffs. So go ahead and tell us a little bit where we're at on the Greyhound. Yeah, so uh, we just saw the conclusion of the uh, group stages and the first wildcard rounds to determine the semifinalists. And we had the uh, first match uh, yesterday, which was uh, 501st versus OC. Um, and it was, it was a real nail-biter match, in my opinion. So there was uh, the whole match was only about the church at uh, Iglis. Yep, and I think only 20 minutes before the end of the game, uh, 500 uh, first were able to uh, capture the church for the first time, and then well, OC I- started to push again, uh, started to put en- everything into it, and I think it was like three minutes before the game ended, it was half half uh, from the cap bar. Sound familiar, yeah, Digi? 500 first uh, took the game, so it yeah. really. Uh, exciting game there's something about oc on that map in the winter seasonal it was the church it was the middle point right down to nail biter let's see if i got uh i can queue up uh this is actually uh das Alberg covered this game this is the uh end of the uh, match here as you're uh, talking about it uh let's go ahead and pull this up Ba-ba-ba. watch this here even though oc held the middle for over one hour Just the amount of bodies trying now to get in, but again, they have a fucking spawn point in there. They can spawn inside. This is gonna be probably a win towards 501st, I would assume. Bop, that's all to their tank on. Bop, that's more explosions. And yeah, that's that's that right there. Um Alright. So there is that. Um, that did not go. See, this is why we don't add stuff right at the very end. <laughs> uh, so, Tempest, we had... Actually, hold on. 
Do-do-do. All right, there we go. All right, so you had <laughs> you had the OC 501st battle. Uh, OC did actually have a fourth place finish in the winter seasonal. This one, I think they would have been a little bit happy with a higher performance in the Greyhound Cup, but it does show that, you know, teams change, uh, players change, different teams come up. I want to give credit to the 501st. We saw them a little bit earlier uh, from the matches I broadcasted some great gameplay and i think you know they came into this wild card as an underdog and performed very well uh there was one other yeah. match that we had yesterday uh what was it tempest uh the second match uh that was scdb pi versus the 101st and yeah I, uh compared to to the oc game it uh, was was more of a quick one where scdb and pi took uh, took a 5-0 victory and yeah. I think at this point they they pretty much uh, showed why they had such a strong performance in the group stage, um, and in my opinion they are the favorites to to take the um, really to take one one spot in the final, and okay. uh, then they will have to face again uh, face off against us once again, uh, which was a close game in the uh, group stage already, and I'm yeah that that would be my guess for the for the final matchup. So I just pulled up the uh, the brackets here. So down on the bottom part, you got 501st coming against 116th. Obviously, you're a little biased, if, you know, for the 116th uh, winning that one going into the final. Yeah. But uh, from everything I said, you guys were undefeated in all the group stage. So I think that confidence is well earned. Uh, looking at now STB and Pi versus 82nd, this is the matchup I'm really curious about because 82nd was also undefeated, correct? In the group stages, yeah, exactly, exactly, and um, yeah, I'm, I'm, that's, uh, there might be uh, some surprise in that match because uh, I feel like both teams had this strong group stage, and mm. I, I don't, I don't know what to expect really from that game, uh, and that's why I'm, I'm also really looking forward to it, uh, and I hope uh, that we can, um, we can find a way to uh, see, uh, send both games at different times so everyone can watch them. Yep, and I... yeah, for the for the five hundred and first. Um, we uh, already played one game against them uh, prior to the Greyhound Cup, and I think they they really improved a lot. And I know that they're putting a lot of effort into preparing the games, into getting getting map knowledge, into getting knowledge about the opponent they are playing against. Uh, and I think it really pays off for them, and that's why I'm also excited uh, to face them now in the Greyhound Cup semifinals. Indeed, indeed. So I, I think the great what you've done with the Greyhound Cup has been amazing, but. Did you? I think you know. You want to know a little bit more about the one sixteenth as a community, the Greyhounds as a community. What what questions you got? Um, like, what'd you get you guys to start? Like, how long have you guys been a community? This uh, actually goes back to two thousand nineteen already. Now, mm -hmm. um, I think in uh, yeah somewhere around October two thousand nineteen, uh, it was basically seven to eight guys meeting on a public server, and uh, yeah, we enjoyed the game and wanted to play as a pre made squad. And uh, then, yeah, within uh, 2020 and 2021, it all started to roll, and uh, we became we've become, I think, around, around 80 people uh, playing competitive uh, Hello oh, wow. right now. Okay. Um, and we are now looking at yeah going for those 50 versus 50 matches. Uh, yeah, and it's, it's it was really just um, it was it really just uh, somehow happened. Uh, I would say we just uh, went bigger and bigger. Uh, and then we uh, had our first steps into competitive play, uh, for example, in the seasonal where we had a cooperation. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, then um, we we decided to uh, yeah 
Cool seven guys walk into a pub. I, that's just fantastic. Like, again, it grows and it really just shows your community bond is really good. So you're bringing in good people. Like, do you guys have like a, a community server you guys typically run on or how do you guys typically get together to play? Yeah, we uh, we got our, our Discord, of course, um, mm-hmm. especially with the Grand Cup. Um, it, it also blew up in kinds of uh, in terms of uh, people joining. And we also got our public server. Um, and we got uh, one server, uh, a shared server, kind of, where we do uh, our own uh, trainings. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. What all does it, uh, like, what all do you need to do to get involved with the 116th? If I was, say, I was looking for a community to join, how would I go about finding you guys? Is the Discord the best route? Uh, yeah, probably uh, Discord is, is where you can always find us. And, yeah, I think uh, what, what's, uh, what's the difference between our clan and others is that we mm-hmm. have a really flat hierarchy. Um, so if you have uh, if you have any ideas you want to plan an event or you uh, or you say you want to contribute to our tactical planning you can always just drop in we've got uh, fixed dates for tactical planning fixed dates for exercise and everyone can drop in and share his ideas and if you if you uh, say like I'm I'm a shift worker I I've got three kids at home and I don't have that much time then it's also it's perfectly fine <laughs> and it, uh, we just mm-hmm. want to look to be a community. Uh, where everyone can find his place and uh, does uh, what he can best. And yeah, if, if you're interested in competitive Hell at Loose, you can always join the Discord. Uh, just join our voice channels and play a quick round with uh, with any of our members. Well, yeah. Thank you, Kyle. Just put up the Discord link. So you guys interested in watching his live, definitely check him out. Give a, that, a drop a link on the Discord and, and check it out. Yep. I'll say one thing from from my perspective. The reason why I want to bring you guys on the show is what you just talked about is awesome for your guys' uh, members and inside there. But what you guys are doing, not you know just inside 116, but for the greater community, is really what we wanted to highlight here. So let's go ahead and talk about two events you guys host. Specifically, why did you guys start the Greyhound Cup? And I think you also kind of do a Friday night gaming session um also yeah. so go ahead and talk a little bit about the greyhound cup why did you guys start it why this format why you know different than the seasonal um go from there yeah so uh, like i uh, already uh, mentioned uh, everyone can bring his ideas and so we had kyle and Botowalk, two members uh, that were really keen on uh, on playing uh, playing their own tournament and we also uh, we also participated in the seasonal beforehand the winter seasonal and after winter seasonal, there was kind of a break where there was nothing going on in terms of new competitive tournaments. And that's why we said, all right, uh, let's just start our own tournament. There's like time. Uh, the schedule's free. So uh, why not uh, make another more. one? They need more. <laughs> yeah. and, and what we also said was uh, we make it a minimum players of 35 because uh, that gives smaller teams uh, such as uh, we were at that point the opportunity to uh, make their own tactics and have have their own freedoms in making tactics and making decisions and in playing as a team. And that's where we said it's 35 players. And as you can see, we've we've got the bigger communities, of course. And then you can just say, okay, let's do it 50 versus 50. But if you've got the smaller communities, you can say, all right, we just keep it 35, 35. I think at that point, it's playable. It's a playable game. It's not as much fun as 50 versus 50. Um, but yeah, it still gives this opportunity to grow. And if you look at the lineup, there are uh, quite some some groups uh, participating, which only can do the 35, 40 people. And I think it's a big opportunity for those smaller groups to really Indeed. get into competitive play. 
Well, and what's interesting, just broadcasting, is one, this Greyhound came out uh, during Update 9, which brought the admin cam. So this is where we got to see a lot of different tactics um, from a different perspective. First kind of tournament to highlight that. Also, I think what was interesting is you do see different tactics at the 35 versus 35 as you do 50. And in a certain aspect, communities like yours being able to flex and adjust from those different tactics based upon different um, um, player counts in the matches, I think speaks to the versatility and the skill of the community. And obviously the 82nd and uh, STB and Pi also that have uh, performed well up to this point. Uh, 501st, no shout out to the 501st. Um, now talk about the other event you guys do that's more kind of a weekly event. Yeah, so... Um... It's also a really exciting one, and we just started it, I think, like four or five weeks ago. Uh, and what we wanted was, uh, you probably know the squadline battle, um, so such uh, events where you play, uh, mm -hmm. where you can just register squads from different clans, and then you play in an organized match against each other mm -hmm. once per week. And we wanted to do the same thing just for Friday nights, because uh, there was no opportunity on Friday nights really for us. Uh, but Friday night is when you usually sit on your PC, when you've got time on your hand, when you can play like three, four, five, six hours that it loose. And yeah, there was just no opportunity to have really high quality uh, international gameplay on the Friday evening usually. And so we, uh, yeah, just uh, as I've uh, said at the beginning, uh, we had the idea and then we just implemented it. At the beginning, it was quite difficult to get these squads together to really make it a 50 versus 50. Because uh, yeah, at the beginning, no one knows the event. Uh, you really have to go to the people and tell them, hey, guys, uh, don't you want to register a squad? <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, now it's, it's uh, started to roll and roll. And we are getting the, the registrations. And uh, also, if you're listening, if your clan wants to join, just join the Discord. Uh, register your squad for any Friday. And we are, we are happy to see anyone participate. And I'll say this, the Discord is active. Every time I check in there to see battles, I think you guys have like 20 or 30 people always in on your Discord. Um, the the, the uh, American, you know, English-speaking guy is not going to, like, I feel like I'm going to go in and just be, stick out like a sore thumb. Uh, but <laughs> it, 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 it hasn't been. It's It's been great. It's been a very uh, great community to be a part of. Uh, Digi, I think we talked a little bit on the pre-show asking about why the name. Let's go ahead and put that out there. You know, yeah. So, can you give us a little details as to why the uh, I'm going to butcher it. Windhund is uh, the nickname of the Greyhound. Like, how does that come about in uh, the historical sense? Um, yeah, it was. Uh, it goes back to we we wanted to have a name um, which has some kind of relation to the game mm -hmm. itself, and. The 116 was one of the divisions actually fighting at the same places where the game takes place. And uh, yeah, in addition to their like, yeah, usual name, which is quite, quite a common name, they also have the nickname Greyhound uh, because they always used to have a Greyhound logo on their, on their uniforms and cars and stuff. Um, and uh, so, yeah, we just went with it because... Um, it has some something more than just a simple number with the Greyhound as a kind of mascot, yep. mm -hmm. uh, which is also embedded in our logo. And uh, we actually we do have a logo for every full member can get his own logo, which is uh, designed by one of our uh, fellow members. Oh, cool. And uh, yeah, I, I really like this, this kind of theme you can uh, put it into. So we have got mm -hmm. something to relate to. That's mm -hmm. awesome. No, that, that is a very cool, like, unique thing. Now, see, like, see, no, I didn't know that, like, the 116th was specific to the region we're playing in. It makes me want to, like, go get an old copy of Panzer General 
and load it up and like actually try to find like the 116th. I mean, like, I'm going to change the commander's name to Tempest and Kyle and things of that nature. But no, that's that's awesome, guys. Um, I, you know, did you talk about it earlier? Um, this is obviously a community that uh, the 116th that is supporting the greater community as a whole. If you're listening to this, you're looking for it, you like that flat structure, you want to get your own uh, clan I, uh, symbol, what would you call it? A little uh, a graphic uh, tailored to yeah, that? So, so uh, yeah, um, everyone, uh, when you see the members on the Discord, you can see they all got, uh, got these, um, this Greyhound on top. And mm-hmm. then you can can get your own logo be beyond that. Yeah. So um, <laughs> yeah, I'm wh- looking wh- at your Discord right now. And I'm like, oh my god, those are all different now that I'm looking in closer. <laughs> Do you guys, I'm yeah, gonna have to. You can I'm just... gonna have to send them the Inchon one. <laughs> <laughs> that's too big a task. Nah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's something really neat. Uh, I, I really like it. No, that's I, I haven't heard about that within the area community. So, like I said, uh, Tempest, uh, and to all the rest of the leadership, all the rest of the members of One Sixteen. Uh, I'm thank- thankful for everything that you guys are doing for the community. I'm thankful for you guys coming on the show. Before we send you off, any final shout-outs? Anything you want to say, Tempest? Yeah, well, of course, um, it's it's not a one-man show. Um, it's uh, especially the other guys that are doing so, so much work, uh, and I really want to want to thank them all and uh, appreciate what they are doing. And uh, yeah, I, I hope that the whole community itself can strive and, and go even stronger. Uh, I think we all want to see some good games, especially with the admin camera. Mm-hmm. And yeah, lastly, uh, thanks for having us on your show. Oh, well, uh, thank, thank you, Tempest. It, it's a pleasure to meet you, and I appreciate it. Thank you, 116th. Uh, this is the community spotlight for this show. Um, very well done. Thank you, Tempest. Your English is perfect. Don't thanks, uh, thanks. don't <laughs> like again. It was perfect. <laughs> das good. Okay, that's that's my oh, one. Gosh. That's my one Please attempt stop. at German. <laughs> what, what, okay, before you leave Tempest, because STB, what what is the proper way to pronounce STDB? It's like Sturmtruppenbrigg mm-hmm. or uh, uh, it's Sturmtrupp Donnerbalken. Yep, not gonna happen. No, not, nope. <laughs> <laughs> know our limits. Play within it, Inchon. <laughs> we first to um, I don't even know the English term. Uh, the old toilets you used the to shitters. have in castles and stuff. It's the shitters, mm-hmm. the latrines. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. And, and, but at least, did you, I had to get that in there. I had a little fun. Because at least at one time on this show, we could say we pr- it was pronounced correctly. And it wasn't us. We had to import mm-hmm. a German in. <laughs> say it correctly. But Tempest, thanks a lot. Looking forward to everything. Take care. Appreciate it, Tempest. All right. So, uh... So we can we go international. We were just in German, but as always, and I think Digi, we're doing this pregame. Strap in your helmet, buddy. Ooh, Lock it boy, in. Here we go. Lock it in. We got our favorite Spaniard on the line. He's there ready. He we are ready. Welcome, Mosca. Mosca. Hello, hello. Oh, he looked like he was working there. <laughs> he was. He did. He was. He's always working. He's always he's always drawing, man. Got a doodle on the go. Well, and, and I, I want I want to go ahead and give a shout out to Mosca here because he comes in for the pregame check uh, check. This is a live show, as you can see, and then we I feel bad when he's listening to the entire show and we get him at the very end. So I'm glad you were able to multitask. But uh, Mosca, before we actually go to the cartoon in the pregame, you you had a little bit of an accessory and an apparel that I think relates. Oh, here he comes. You got I'm a helmet there. Okay, I have and this and this. Okay, there you go. <laughs> The cartoon is about this this sound. What? Without further ado, I think we should yeah. just pull up his cartoon and let and him talk it is. about it. But no sound. No, no. <laughs> yeah, you, need, you need that clink, the clink nose. So here it is. Mosca, you, you want to uh, you know, talk to us about the cartoon here? 
Um, this is about the the most beautiful sound in in the world, the, <laughs> the headshot. So there is a concert, and the only sound is clink clong, clink clong, clink clong. <laughs> yeah. And I love this cartoon because you got you know he's a genius. It's the most beautiful music I've ever and heard. And then there's underpants know? flying through the air. And then there's the, there's the <laughs> broken dot heart underpants that i don't know which one of those guys threw it mosca what what would you would have you drawn underpants before or is this all, all the time all the time <laughs> all, all the time I, usually I in his underpants i'm sure <laughs> no don't stand up don't stand up this we're still in covid right now but uh no. right now okay i love <laughs> but no the the roses the applause and then this just random polka dot heart boxers being thrown up um that that i love those little details into this one and i and most i think this is i i think this is your, your hit on there as much as the debate goes between oh is it arcade is it military you know a simulator things of that nature never never get rid of that helmet ping noise I, that there's just brings so mm -hmm. much joy when you get it yeah. It's probably my favorite, one of my favorite things about the whole game. To be honest with you, I think yep. they, that that sound will just is iconic. So Ding. before we go, before we go into leave this, Mosca, do you have a favorite headshot moment uh, that you've had in this game? Mm -hmm. Sorry, there, there there was a motorcycle on my street. I, I haven't. Uh, <laughs> <heard that>. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Was there a favorite um, headshot moment that you've had in this game that you just stands out? You just love the most. I have a moment and I see um, I saw uh, an enemy took my Thompson shoot and I didn't hit him. But three seconds later, I hear a headshot of a guy running <laughs> uh, 30 meters, uh, 300 meters away. <laughs> you hit him with the indirect. Oh, that's awesome. It's awesome. Awesome. That guy's awesome. probably like, what the hell? Digi, do you have a favorite headshot moment of the game? Uh, just about every time I get a headshot with artillery, I think that's just like the most hilarious thing to me is getting a headshot with, you know, this large of a round. <laughs> <laughs> you know, ding. Yeah. Uh, the ding of the, of, uh, the obus, the, um, the artillery shell. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I, I know for me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put up two two favorite moments. Uh, one happened recently. I got two headshots on a bombing run as commander. I thought what? that was yeah. Two, I didn't know you could one, do that. I, I you know same way as artillery. If it lands on the head, it was uh, what is it? Uh, West Rearville on Omaha. Um, they were all condensed. It was uh, it was a great bombing run. And then so the second like dead one, middle of the run. That's yeah, crazy. Second one was I was tracing this guy in a wheat field, and I was just like screw it. Like I had a car ninety eight. I'm like, I'm just going to take a shot. I'm just, and sure enough, lucky shot, head shot right there. It was a great moment. In, or, uh, so <laughs> Mosca, I think this one's spot on. I think this is, uh, goes right into the theme of the shows. This is probably one of the biggest highs. Bravo. Let loose. Bravo. I think that you did a really, that's, this is capturing it perfectly. <laughs> indeed, indeed. All right. So uh, thank you, Mosca. We'll catch you on the next show. And looking forward to the uh, artwork as always. Back to work. Hasta luego. Back to, back to work. Crank us out more there. He's on discount. Okay. So anyway, uh, so 
we're going to go ahead and skip the Hero Zero segment because, uh, Digi, we talked about this on the front show. Actually, if you go all the way to the pilot episode, we talked about we want the show to be for news, education, entertainment, something of that nature. And we've been looking for that right member, that that right guy mm-hmm. that would help us with the education. And we found as we sure we, shit don't have it. <laughs> <laughs> this is entertainment business right here. But yeah. uh, we think we just found them. We and, found them, you know, without any more delay. I think it's just our pleasure to introduce Johnny Gunner 41. What's going on, guys? How's it going today? Doing good, We're doing, doing good, good, man. How are you? Oh, I'm not too bad. I'm not too bad. <laughs> so, Johnny, uh, you 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 are a Twitch streamer. You, yes, uh, but I, I think you know. Okay, if we're in this gaming world, obviously we have a lot of people. YouTube, Twitch, you're on the shows. There's something unique about you that I want to highlight. You're actually a World War II reenactor. Yep. Yep, I've been doing that since uh, 2006. Technically, I've been a reenactor since I was two months old. My mom actually did Civil War reenacting, and she dragged my ass out to Keokuk, <laughs> Iowa. And I did that until I was around 14, and I went to an event that had everything called a timeline event. And I met a man who had an MP40, and as soon as I saw German machine guns, that was it. <laughs> I've been doing it ever since. So we got so. a couple. We got a couple images before we actually go into the historical aspect. Uh, you wanted to kind of you gave me a couple images of your reenactment here. Mm-hmm. Uh, this yeah. one look a little snow effect going. <laughs> no, that wasn't an effect. That was actually a snowstorm. Yeah, well, yeah. So it was real snow. <laughs> yeah, that was. That aren't was you down in Missouri? Like. You're getting that snow was, down there? Where was this? Oh, yeah. That was, I mean, right now it's like 40 degrees outside. It's ridiculous. Holy moly. We, we had it, it was 80 degrees yesterday. It's 40 degrees today. You got to love living in the center of the country. So, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that you, one was at, uh, I think that was a Peoria in 2012, if I remember right. Mm-hmm, and okay. uh, it was a Battle of the Bulge event. And it oh, perfect. Ended up snowing like absolutely crazy. So. Yeah, and here's another picture from this. Uh, yep. your, your fire team here, all the reenactors. Yep, I'm the one on the far right, then my buddy Jason, uh, Alex a- or uh, Avery, and then uh, John Turner, if I remember right. It's It's been a long time since I've seen those guys, unfortunately. So yeah. how long have you been collecting? Uh, probably since, I'd say, since I got into World War II around 2006, I'd say 2008 was when I really got serious about it. Because, like, mm-hmm. the first few years, you don't really know what you're doing or anything. You know, you don't, you, you buy a bunch of junk that's, you know, oh, it's army stuff. It must be <laughs> what, what was your first but, piece? Uh, oh, God, you had to ask that. Um, <laughs> I think one of my first pieces was actually a helmet given to me. Um, mm-hmm. I had a bunch of 101st Airborne stuff given to me that uh, helped me get into it. So I would say it was one of the helmets I have. And now I have I, probably seven. So <laughs> probably <laughs> probably seven American ones as is. I don't want to get into how many other ones. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got So is this a BAR that you got right there? Yep. Yep, that's my BAR. With the bipod. With the bipod. Notice the bipod. With the bipod, yeah, yeah. Most guys would carry it with the bipod. So, yeah, that's a 1918A2. Um, I had that one on my Twitch channel recently, and I'll try and bring it on occasionally because everybody loves machine guns. That's just how it is. So whenever that's you bring right. big guns out, people want to see them. So. Indeed. And then this but, this is uh, the unit here uh, when it's all said and done. Your other reenactors. Yeah, that was, uh, when was that? That was 2018, I think. That one, I'm in the center with the Johnson 41 machine gun. So that one uh, I hadn't brought on to the show for a little bit because it's a little bit more special and 
specific to the unit that I portray. But yeah, that was an event a while back. And we, of course, made fun of the guy on the far right because the, the schedule <laughs> was for snow. And yeah, so yeah. he brought full camo and we're doing the battle out there. And he's running like the ass of a white-tailed deer out towards the Germans. <laughs> and so they actually were like, oh, we didn't even see him. You know, the camo worked perfectly. So... <laughs> <laughs> well, before we before we get in, and I want to make sure we get a good introduction to Johnny and who he is, and you understand mm-hmm. the passion that he has for history, the knowledge that he has. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and give a shout out. It'll be in the show notes once again. Johnny runs a Discord for history buffs. They also game and hell let loose. Um, a great great individual to be a part of. Glad to have you on the show. Thank and we're you. looking forward to more segments. But Johnny, you want to talk to us about the first historical uh, thing uh, for the show? You yeah, want to highlight? Um, I'll go ahead. Sorry. No, as I say that you want to highlight. I think we were talking a little bit about FOI, correct? Yeah. So uh, something that really gets me about the FOI map is um, I absolutely love how Hell Let Loose's devs have made it such an iconic map and they didn't go just around bastone because there wasn't really any fighting um by the time that foy actually broke out basically Patton and the rest of the u.s armored divisions actually caught up to the 101st and so foy was really the push back to start forcing the germans out of that bulge and what i absolutely love about the hell at loose map that i've heard from actually probably about a dozen different Battle of the Bulge veterans, is the fog. And I wanted to highlight that because I have a lot of people who always complain about it, and I love hearing them complain about it. (laughs) Because there's so many vets I've talked to that the absolute worst thing wasn't the Germans, but it was the fog. Because, I mean, not only do you have this low-setting wet weather that's making your guys sick, Mm -hmm. but you can't see anything, you don't have any air cover, so you have so many units... Um, other than the 101st, which you can see in the map, you know, since it highlights them that were there. And these were new guys that hadn't had combat training nearly as much as like the 101st, which, you know, like we were talking about during the combat for Kurahi section is they were trained for this combat. They knew what they were doing and everything. And even in the movies like Band of Brothers, they complain about this but they're still able to do their job. There were guys that they had never seen combat and they had been put up on the line and had no idea. And then on top of that, you're fighting the weather as well. And I absolutely love that about the map. So that's, that's something that uh, absolutely fascinates me that the dev team was able to do. And uh, especially being someone who's into tanks, we've, we've had some of our best maps on this game or best games on this map just because we use the fog to our advantage. Uh, last time my tanker group and I went out, we knocked 15 vehicles and killed 75 infantry. And that was just absolutely fantastic. So, I mean, it's it's great to see people complain about it because then to me, it's giving me an opportunity to be like, well, you know, this is exactly why they did it. And that's really where our Discord, where our community we built focuses, is using games that are accurate to then teach people about the history. And that's why Hell Let Loose has become, honestly, one of the main games in my arsenal to be able to do that. Because the the devs have just done a fantastic job. And kind of like what you guys were saying earlier, is there's always room to tweak it. You know, there's always going to be little things that can be done here and there but they're on the right path. They're doing a fantastic job with it. I just think that they need to have, you know, 
input from the community from people who care about the history yeah. to be like hey you know this is what i would do a different just a little bit here and there and that's what i love about your all's community and that's why i love about the devs as well is because they're listening to that and they're giving us feedback and everything yeah. well and I, well, within I want to that back. notion i go mean ahead. in that notion what's the what's one thing that you could point out right now that you think uh is vital that needs some some attention with is it like the the iron sights of a gun or the bipod on the bar i would, I would say honestly after the last uh yeah i knew digi was gonna bring up the damn bipod i, <laughs> I knew that was going to happen so so i have a personal recommendation on that i would say have the support gunner get rid of assault because they're already talking about getting rid of some machine guns quite a bit but have the support gunner since that was an actual member of the squad or the automatic rifleman whatever it's called and have him with a BAR with no bipod, mm -hmm. but then have the new BAR class that's with the 30 cal class, give him a bipod that he could deploy it because then he could be the fire part of the team and the automatic rifleman can be the maneuver aspect of the team. So that's, that's something that I would change, you know? Mm -hmm. So, you well, know, I'll things like that. I, I remember uh, someone had mentioned that they had International Harvester on the M1 Garands, and I was like, oh, yeah, well, that wouldn't be possible because they didn't make them during the war. But I, I try not to really nitpick because if I did that, you know, it's like going and seeing the movie Fury. You know, it, was it a good movie? Absolutely. Was there a million things wrong? Don't get me started. So <laughs> <laughs> well, you, Especially you brought the up Tiger Battle. We just don't talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> for my you brought sanity. Up you brought up one thing, which, you know, it, it's it's I think it's, it's something that people don't hear. You love to hear the complaints about the map mm -hmm. because of how well they were able to, uh, mm -hmm. you know, bring the period, bring that period to modern day gamers. Uh, mm -hmm. I think that that holds true probably for two of the most disliked maps, mm -hmm. Purple Heart Lane and Hill 400. Yep. And maybe Absolutely. in another segment, you can talk to like. There's a reason why you hate Hill 400 so much as a player, mm -hmm. because the people that actually fought on Hill 400 also mm -hmm. hated it. It wasn't a Absolutely. good map. Like the same frustrations that you had, the same frustrations that, you know, they were able to transfer that into a game, which I think is a huge uh, mm -hmm. challenge that they were able to do. Now, is it something that we really wanted? No, the soldiers <laughs> back in World War II didn't want it. Maybe yeah. we don't want it in a game, but it did. It does hold true to that historical aspect. Uh, anything before we leave Foy and close out the segment, Johnny, anything kind of final little history tidbits, anything specific on the map that you want to point out on Foy? Um, I will say there was something that I wanted to talk about a second. Um, there was a veteran I spoke to who was actually at the battle of the bulge. And one of the things that he had happened, um, this is all dumb. I'll, I'll, I'll slow it down a lot, but basically there was a ravine that the Germans were coming at them from one night and they opened up on them. And because of the fog, the Germans actually couldn't find a barbed wire fence. And one of the, the vet was incredible on in how he painted the picture. And I can definitely tell you the full story another time, but basically when they, when they got up in the morning and the fog partially cleared, there was just a solid red line out where this barbed wire fence was so that kind of like conveys how bad it was not just for us also but for the germans so i i would just give another round of applause to the devs for being able to convey that sort of thing because there's many mm -hmm. times where you're in the woods and you'll see like the legs of somebody <laughs> and you'll go to pop a shot and then oops friendly or something like that you know right so it's like, that oh, i've never i have never done yeah. that never happened to me never <laughs> 
Sure. <laughs> well, Johnny, uh, thank you for coming on. Uh, I think we're going to have you back on the show. I love this segment. I love knowing you know more about uh, history, specifically mm-hmm. how it's translated in the game, but we have so much uh, fun doing. Uh, if you want to know more about that story, the, the long version of the story, definitely check out Johnny's stream. Uh, check out his Discord. It'll be down in the show notes. Uh, thank you, everything, Johnny. Looking forward to having you back on the show. Yeah, thanks, Johnny. Appreciate it. Yep, thank you. Y'all have a good one. Take care. And that's uh, that's episode 11, Digi. Like I said, we jam-pack it as much as we can within our little hour and a half of fun. Um, And I I think it was another great one. Again, a lot lot discussed. I was happy to meet up with Tempest, our favorite Spaniard Mosca, and now Johnny. I, I really like to see where that goes in the historical department. I think that's one of the key factors that really engaged me with the game was how they tried to mimic um, the historical accuracies of the time. You know, I think, you know, I, I had no idea about the fog. I just I was like, ah, some bitch. I can't see, you know, past the <laughs> X point. But it was actually a thing. And, you know, like those little tweaks and, you know, the tie-ins are really, really fantastic. So Indeed. that is a Indeed. shout out to the devs. Um, I do agree. Closing thoughts for me. I want to talk about a little bit of the lows. I want to talk about, you know, some of that. Uh, mm-hmm. There was a historic World War II phrase out of England, keep calm and carry on. Uh, mm-hmm. I think for us, you know, that have been in the veteran group and playing this game for over a year, year and a half, I feel where you guys are coming from. Um, but I would also ask you, you know, like feedback is valuable. We want to give feedback. We want this relationship to work between us and the developers. But personal attacks, slandering, just kind of everything is just painted shit. You know, anything like that, that type of stuff. I, I would ask us to, you know, keep calm, carry on, uh, see what this, this game is as much as it what it is not. Um, that's that's kind of mm-hmm. my closing point on the lows. Um, Digi, what's your closing thoughts? Support, support. I mean, that's again, that's the big thing. Uh, communities in it together. I think other groups like the 116 with the Greyhound Cup, you know, Heidegger and the seasonal thing. Like, again, support, support, support. Give love where we can and do what we can. Um, I mean, I think in all essence, it's a really good show. I, I liked what we covered in this one. Um, and there's just a lot coming down the pipeline. Like, I can't wait. That <laughs> PPSH is going to be insane. I'm still waiting <laughs> on the trench gun, but the PPSH will tide me over for a short so little bit. I get my stug life. You get your shoddy life. Yeah, 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 yeah. You get stug life. I'll get my shotgun out and have a blast. Um, but that's all for this one. Dos vidanya. And see you on the battlefield. <laughs>